0: On this week's show, a perfect 10, Chatham captain Jack Evans reflects on their win at Tower Hamlets. Yeah, unless I was
1: playing the school, can't remember at all
2: being involved in
0: a 10-0 at all. Challenging in both the scaffold and the FA Vars, we catch up with Sheppie United defender Ashley Sainz. It is tough on the body and it is hard, but don't
2: get me wrong, but you reap the rewards and it is. And
0: And doing things right off the pitch as well as on it. Ramsgate chairman James Lawson tells us why it's free for all again this weekend.
2: I know there's
3: been lots to spend on the stadium but the team is much better than it has been. Um, We we just want people to come and see it for themselves and and hopefully get, uh, get hooked on it again.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. We've got three interviews for you this week and not a manager in sight. Two players and a chairman will do us nicely as we look back on a goal-laden weekend where one of our guest teams scored 10. Another came from 3-0 down to draw a Titanic top of the cable clash. And ahead of the, we look ahead to the FA Vars and more free football in Thanet. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who after getting some early Christmas gifts this week, now has more beer in stock than many pubs. And on the line now is not the man who had to go to bed at 7pm last week, because it turns out that was the start of him being really rather unwell. So get well soon uh, to Matt Gerard. His replacement is the one, the only, the injured, Alex Hode. How are you, mate?
1: <laughs>
4: Still injured.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, yes, thanks for having me back. It's very kind. And, and get well
4: soon, Mr Gerard. It's very important that we uh, we stress this as soon as possible
0: exactly he did he did use the line to me if I'm not going to work then I can't do the pod can I and I was like yeah that's a good point it's like like when you're at school isn't it you, you can't go you can't go out if you've been off if you've been off field today you can't go out and play with your friends now can you that's exactly right and
4: also it'd be very echoey if you had to record the pod in the bathroom I think the the acoustics wouldn't really kind of fit so uh, yeah no hopefully hopefully he's on the mend by now anyway
0: yeah, I mean, I've had a couple of um, unnecessarily graphic uh, messages from him. Have uh, you too? <laughs> uh,
4: yes, I, I, I thought fireworks night was the start of November, but apparently not. It's, it's gone all the way through to December. Uh,
0: are you still on crutches, mate? Uh,
4: I'm I'm off mainly because I'm embarrassed. Um, I, I just I, I get places quicker hobbling than I do in crutches, and. It, it, yeah, I'm I'm alright. I'd rather walk like a pimp than uh, than than look like a complete invalid, which I know is dreadful. I know it's it's, it's all about appearances and stuff, but I've, I've got to live my life. So yeah, it's it's definitely on the mend. Um, I've had some uh, some some help uh, along the way. Um, but yes, I'm I'm definitely laid up for a while. And and considering retirement, as you mentioned last week, so so <laughs> kindly at the end of the pod. Um, yeah, it's something I've got to think about over these next few weeks.
0: It, no one ever says this to you, like, but being on crutches is hard, isn't it? I, I, I yeah. was on crutches once um, when I was at uni. I drunkenly fell down the stairs and uh, really, really knackered my foot. I, I still don't think it's it's ever been right, actually, to be honest. But I was on crutches and I remember I could barely walk like 10 metres before thinking, this isn't worth the hassle. And if I hadn't had someone come to visit me, I don't think I'd have gone anywhere. I'd have just stayed in bed and, and rested it. But, you know, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Maximum respect to anyone who can walk on crutches and look semi-cool.
4: <laughs> Style it out yeah absolutely it's, it's really hard on your arms to be perfectly honest it's, I'm heavy enough as it is and so trying to get anywhere we we had the Christmas light switch on and my kids were just desperate to go and I, I had to go and it's it's 200 yards probably away from my house and it took me 10 minutes to get there it was just it's just horrendous I, I really doesn't look good in pictures either and oh uh, yeah um, it's it's not something you can really do and pull it off. I don't I don't think David Beckham could look cool and trendy on uh, on crutches even.
0: It's a sign of the future for the ho children as well there come on, <laughs> on dad come on come on we're waiting come on dad
4: that's that's hopefully not hopefully they'll be able to to push me or or uh, they'll be robot flying robot uh assistants by then anyway i'm pretty sure
0: well fingers crossed uh, it's our 194th episode this week well my 194th anyway i think it's your fourth uh alex either way there's absolutely sod all i can tell you about the hum- number 194 other than it's an odious number which apparently means in number theory is a positive integer that has an odd number of ones in its binary expansion and even despite getting an a in my math gcse i have absolutely no idea what any of that is about what's the point of all this stuff mate what numbers um uh, well not numbers generally i mean what's the point of odious numbers integers binary what's the point
4: i think it's a way of basically keeping you occupied during the early formative years of your life uh, to keep you off the streets for five, six, seven hours a day um, and then just basically prepare you for the world of, of work because there's very little that I learned in any of my lessons, maths, GCSEs, whatever else that I've I've actually needed in, in real life. Um, I'd have been much better served with some kind of how to get a mortgage or how to not get into debt or uh, or how to work out the odds on an accumulator of uh, <laughs> sessions throughout those years rather than the actual GCSE qualifications that we picked up, I think.
0: And I don't know what it was like at, at your school, but we never did cooking or anything at my school. And And I see like the kids these days doing all that. And I think actually that would have been quite a useful skill to have been learning rather than messing about with biology and chemistry and the industrial revolution.
4: Well, that's absolutely right yeah no we didn't do home ec as it as it was called then no and and dt was a or cdt it started off craft design technology yep we uh, we used to do we didn't really do enough of it nothing practical nothing about sort of changing plugs or uh, fuses or light bulbs or anything like that just 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 creating circuits and um and 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 smelting sometimes and just and whittling wood i mean i mean i've not done that since i'll be honest
0: No, it's amazing, isn't it? It's almost as if these schools, the curriculum doesn't set us up for life schools. Maybe they should do running the country and there's a long uh, blonde haired chap who could probably use some lessons in that at the moment. Anyway, uh, on with the main part of the show. and We're going to have to start once more in the Southern Counties East League. And we're going to hear from both of the top two. Let's begin with the team who hit 10 at the weekend, Chatham Town. It's been a while since we've spoken to the Chats and by and large, they've been doing their business effectively and fairly quietly. That doesn't really ring true when you win 10-0 away from home, so it seemed like the perfect chance to chat to the Chats. Skipper Jack Evans got a hat-trick in that win at Tower Hamlets, and I caught up with him yesterday and started by asking him when he'd last been involved in a 10-0 win. Um, I think unless I was playing for the
1: school, I don't think I've ever been involved in one, to be honest. But I can't remember at all being involved
0: in a 10-0 at all. You don't expect it to happen at this sort of level of football, do you? But it must have been a very clinical performance for, for, from you and the boys.
1: Do you know what? I don't think it's it's not very normal, is it at all? I I don't think anyone was expecting to. I know we're at the top and they're nearer the bottom and stuff like that, but I don't think you go into any game in any league if you're at the top or bottom to expect to win so convincingly. But uh, it's funny actually because we could have been 1 0 down after about a minute. They missed a uh, penalty in the first few minutes, and then we got a penalty about two, three minutes after that, and obviously
0: then the goals just
1: continued from that.
0: Yeah, when you are 7 nil up at half-time, what, 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 what do they say to you in the dressing room? What's the, is it just a case of, you know, just keep on going and get as many to come? Because in this tight uh, title race, goal difference could be big, couldn't it?
1: Yeah, we, we obviously did, we do discuss goal difference and stuff like that. It's obviously just like one of the uh, main things you will talk about, like you said. But I think with things like that, because it's quite unnatural, I just think you set other little targets, not, like during the game, do you know what I mean? So, we was we making sure we didn't concede a goal, kept a clean sheet, we made sure we kept on top of it and didn't get into stupid silly habits and all that sort of thing. So, I think you do get not so normal uh, ideas put across because it's, like like we've said already, don't expect to be in that situation. So, um, yeah, we just set, set each other on the targets. We just, the main thing I, was not getting complacent and getting sloppy and, trying to keep on top of it. But it's hard, don't get me wrong. It is hard, even if you're uh, 70 up, to keep not trying to force things or not trying to do something that you're not used to doing. Do you know what I mean?
0: You mentioned the early penalty uh, that that obviously you scored. I guess when a penalty gets awarded to chat and with all the players you've got there, everyone wants a bit of it, don't they? (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
1: Obviously, you've got the uh, goal scorer, uh, Bradshaw, obviously... Just lives to score goals, doesn't he? So, uh, he, but to be fair to him, he's never asked. I've been penalty taker ever since Scott started. I he left the club and uh, I took over penalties from him. And uh, luckily, Putchwood, I've uh, been quite successful with the penalties. So uh, none of the boys have been able to uh, take them off me yet. But no, they're all great. They'll none of them come up to me asking or pestering me for penalties. Obviously, I'm more than happy to give it if someone's on a hat trick or. I don't mind giving it to people that say haven't scored for a while and we're winning the game and stuff like that
0: i happy to uh, help them out as well Hat-tricks for both you and Dan on Saturday as well so it's good that there are goals from all over the team isn't there?
1: Yeah well me and Dan since we've been at the club together we've been quite um, good with the goal numbers and I've set, assisted quite a few for Dan this year we've got quite a good partnership well we have, we've got a good partnership we get on really well on and off the pitch and uh like I said, we've got goals coming from everywhere at the moment, which is uh, obviously vitally important. You've got Hazy, who obviously chips in with his mainly assists, but he, he pops up with goals and we have centre-halves that score goals. And Like I said, it's really important to have that. In a, uh, if you want to go and push for the top end of the league, you need to have goals from everywhere. You can't just rely on uh, the forward players.
0: And I guess when he came off the pitch after the 10-0 win to find out that your other two rivals at the very top had drawn, that was probably quite good for you, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, you obviously look at the results afterwards, but we're trying, trying to just take one game at a time. I know it's a bit of a cliche, and easy said that uh, everyone says it, but uh, we are trying to. It's quite early still; you're not even at, you're not even at Christmas yet. So um, we try not to get too wrapped up in all that sort of thing, go about our business on our own, and uh, see where it uh, takes
0: us. You had quite a challenging start to season when Scott left, pretty much on the eve of the season. How's it all been so far? You've had a couple of blips, but by and large, it's gone well.
1: Yeah, uh, obviously, Scott leaving any club would be uh, a massive, massive miss. So obviously, it, it speaks for itself what he's up to. The Swindon are at the top end of their, their division, and uh, no one's really surprised at all. I think um, we all look out for his results, and it, is, it was a massive dent, uh, because it was only about the week before the season started. So, um, obviously, all that Scott had planned, it, it kind of... Meant nothing because we, we were starting without him. Do you know what I mean? He's a massive void. He his assistant, Smudge, left as well. There's, he's a massive void to fill, but uh, which obviously it's never going to be the same. It was quite unique how they uh, had us and how good it really was. And I think a lot of the boys are a bit, have understood now that it's probably, we had it so good that it probably will never be as good as that because of like the standard of the manager was. Do you know what I mean? But um, like I said, Larry and uh, Cole Arriman and Kev have come in and steadied the ship really well and the boys have cracked on and we can still take a lot of from what Scott did do for us because he um, it was it was so uh, drummed into us every single training session. He was so intense with everything he did that we kind of got onto the pitch and knew our roles anyway. So, um, yeah, I think individually we've all tried to take in something from the past management and uh, bring it on to so this, this this one. There's obviously changes and people have their own ideas now. So uh, like you said, it's been we've had a couple of uh, blips that we've all spoke about and um, tried learning from and uh, hopefully in the future we can carry on winning the games of
0: football. I know when I spoke to Kevin at the, at the start of the season <laughs> after Scott had gone, he said to me, you know, it was really important that someone didn't come in and undo all the hard work Scott had done and bring in their own player. So I guess you are reaping the benefits of that decision, aren't you?
1: yeah of course like I said I think the players have brought it up on themselves to try and keep because we enjoyed it so much and learnt so much from the two years we had Scott with us um, I think we wanted to carry on and we all enjoyed it so much about how we did play so I think individually we just try and take it upon ourselves to do our own job properly and how we thought like, we were supposed to do it and like you said Kev's come in and tried not to change too much with Larry and uh, um, we're trying to keep it as, like as steady as possible because like with a week to go, it was obviously really not very good um, timing, but you can't deny Scott and Smudge and leaving the club for uh, them sort of reasons. So, fair play to uh, Kevin Larry for coming in and steadying the ship and uh, hopefully we can be successful with uh, the way they want to do it now.
0: Yeah, you say you're taking one game at a time. You've got Wellington at home on Saturday. Wellington, who beat Glebe last week, so you, you can't take anything for granted, can you?
1: No, of course not. I think if you was to be honest with every single, per- if every single person, sorry, I was going to be honest, they probably would have thought Glebe would have picked the three points up on, um, on what, Tuesday or Wednesday mid- last midweek. Uh, but, uh, it does show, like you said, you can't really, uh, be complacent and, um, think, oh, we're just going to turn up and win today. So, uh, I think it's a good thing that that's happened kind of, obviously it's good that it's not happened to us, but it's good that someone's happens because it does wake every single person up. That's at that top end of the pitch, the to, uh, top end of the league, sorry, to, um, go into the games and take every single game
3: as seriously as uh, each other.
0: But it is hard not to notice that at the start of next month, you've got a quite a big one against Sheppi. And, and I guess those are the games that, that you and, and the lads really look forward to. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, we had a bit of a taster through it uh, a couple
1: of years ago when we, I think we didn't break broke the record or got close to the record of the step five or whatever it was, playing Sheppi. got 900 and something fans. So, like you said, they're the ones you look forward to. But... We've got about three or four games in between then that we need to win. Otherwise, you're making them sort of games more not important to win. Obviously, we want to win, but you know what I mean? You want to get the three points. But if you do draw or if you don't pick up points, you need to win every single game around it. So you stand yourself in good stead. But uh, yeah, like you said, we will we'll look forward to that game. It should be a, uh, I would have thought it would be quite a big uh, crowd again. And uh, it's best testing yourselves against the better uh, teams in the league and seeing where you're at. And uh, hopefully we can uh, get three points and crack on with the season.
0: I just find this total race is going to be brilliant, I think, all the way through, isn't it?
1: <laughs> oh, oh, I, it's a strange one, really, because you know, these are the ones you want, really. I, there's, there's three, four teams that could all be uh, up there to win it, I think. And, um, yeah, like you said, it brings big games and it's... It, really, really vital games to play. So these are the ones you want to play in as players. And I don't think anyone would uh, change it for what it is. And um, we'll all look forward to it. As I'm sure uh, the other three, four clubs are uh, involved in it. will be looking forward to it themselves as well.
0: A good, honest lad is Jack Evans. I really enjoyed that chat. Actually, lots to digest there, Alex. But I've been impressed by the way they've kept the momentum, even though they had the big blow, as Jack said there, of losing their manager on the eve of the season
4: absolutely right i mean we, we, you see it at all levels of football the the manager and the uh, the kind of the structure of the club is so important to have that and have a bit of um, positive momentum and when everything basically gets rug pulled from from you at the start of the season you, you have new ideas new voices it's just it it couldn't be a worse start to any kind of campaign and um, yeah they've done really really well it's a it's a crazy game. I was I was trying to think. I've, I've seen one game ever with 10 goals in it, actually. Um, I was I was fortunate to go to a 9-1, and it is a very special thing to witness. So to be a part of it is is absolutely extraordinary. But, yeah, I'll put some, uh, I'll put some onwards for, for Chatham, some, uh, some big games to come as well.
0: Yeah, I've seen an 8-1 and a 5-4, I think. I don't think I've ever stretched into double figures. I mean, I've seen some incredible games. I mean, one of the best games I've ever seen was... Um, very much not non-league football as when I saw Chelsea against Ajax in the Champions League uh, a few years ago that finished 4-4 um Ajax even managed to have both of their center half sent off in the same incident which was quite impressive uh, but yeah to, to at any level of football as, as Jack has said there a 10-0 win is impressive and being 7 nil up at half time it must have been a hard team talk but but they obviously just said you know go out there do what you're doing don't get carried away but you know you've got to just keep being professional and Chatham, they've got some really good players there and, and, and experienced players, so there was never any danger of them letting anything slip, was there?
4: No, no, you, you're right, We, we you, you talk about players at the, the highest level, sometimes you say you get those games in Champions League, it's like a training session, and that's how you have to approach it, really, basically. The games won, I think they, they, well, I can't remember what it was, it was five minutes and, and 22 minutes and half an hour, and the game was out of sight, really, and, inside that first kind of half an hour and, and normally when you see big score lines like that it's, it's late on you see the heads dropping and the, the goals flying in but I think they've pretty much done and dusted with 15 minutes to go as well so it's you have to set new targets like you said you keep the clean sheet definitely you've got to defend maybe try some new things uh, 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 change your approach a little bit there's it's an opportunity to to play in a in a game situation but without the the fear of losing without the that kind of intensity as well it's um it's a, it's a really interesting one. Not many players, well, I don't think get to play in a, in a game quite like that as well. So it's nice as well that they shared the goals around. It wasn't sort of one striker bagging seven of the ten. It was um, it was a good. I think five, six players all got on the score sheet.
0: And they're a team who've got that, haven't they? That, that They've got goals all around the team. And you look at the players who scored in that victory. And, and you're expecting those sort of names to keep popping up on the score sheet. And, and that's why Chatham are going to be there or thereabouts, because they've got quality players all across the, the, the front six, so to speak, the, the midfield and the attack. There's just quality everywhere. And this title race is, is brilliant, isn't it? We've got Glebe against Sheppey, uh, finished three, three. We'll be talking about that one very shortly. You've got Chatham winning 10 nil. Any one of those three teams would be a worthy winner of this league already and will do well at the level above. But it, it, it's just going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out, isn't
4: it? Yeah, it's brilliant. Like you said, it's still before Christmas. There's so much football to go. Um, you, you mentioned Chatham's goal scoring. That's, that's took them to 52 in 16 games. That's uh, And the goal difference is that's nearly 40, which is just extraordinary, really, to be to, so early in the season to have, um, to reach those numbers. They'll definitely be looking at um, at three figures, in terms of goals scored and and who knows, maybe in goal difference towards the end of the season, which would be unthinkable really. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I I do think Sheppi and Chatham, I do think are your your standouts. Um, I know Glebe obviously had the the setback against Welling and what are they, they're they're level on points, but they played the extra couple of games as well. I'd be surprised if Glebe were able to kind of live with those two for the rest of the season, but you're absolutely right. Any of those teams would be able to hold their own in the division above. It's, It's really, I like the fact that the levels of, Uh, You can't really tell what the levels are anymore. That's the thing. Everything's kind of blended into each other between all the divisions actually step, well, pretty much from step one all the way down to sort of step four, five, six as well.
0: It was very interesting actually when, when we had Harry Hudson on a couple of weeks ago when he said, you know, that the big difference between the step above and this level is that some of the teams at the bottom are maybe a little bit easier to, to be, the, the intensity is not necessarily there when you play those teams, but Jack Evans there was very aware that this game against Wellington on Saturday is not one they can afford to take for granted. They, they've got to go out there and, and do a job and, you know, they're very lucky, they're very well supported, so there were... People will be on. The, there will be pressure on Chatham this weekend. I would say to win because there's going to be a big crowd in there, an expectant crowd, off the back of a ten nil win. I, I think it's one of those where you've got to hit the ground running, haven't you?
4: You do. There, there'll be that expectation, I and mean, that's the problem. That uh, the pressure comes from the expectation, and, and sometimes, I mean, it's, it's what's it going to be. It's a December day. It's going to be cold. It might be miserable. You've got to get yourself up, and when you're playing against a team that you, <clears throat> in theory on paper, are significantly beneath them you've got to go through the just get your, your preparations right and you've just got to be professional as you can um this is the thing is having that glee result actually so recently is probably a useful thing for Chatham because they they know that they can't take them lightly it's an easy team talk um i of actually I think they beat Canterbury as well didn't they so they put a couple of results together I, one of the things I, <laughs> I noticed this week as well was Tower Hamlets who got done 10 at the weekend went and turned over I think Erith Town in the in the cup um in midweek as well so it's, it's and Erith the the team behind Glebe, and just a couple of points off himself, It's an incredibly competitive level of football, and it's um, it's, it's good that, well, at the moment Touchwood nothing's messing with it so far this season.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, on Saturday at uh, Chatham, it is a special Christmas charity day uh, for them. They're supporting the charity One Big Family who are helping the homeless um, and they say help us to help the homeless and vulnerably housed people in camp." by bringing along any of the following items to the stadium on Saturday uh, from midday until 6pm. They are after good clean clothing, warm coats, new socks, tinned food, uh, new underwear, new hats, scarves and gloves. Uh, in exchange for that, you're asked to wear a Christmas jumper. Uh, there will be mince pies, pigs in blankets, mulled wine and more. And of course, you get to see Chatham against Wellington. So uh, if you are able to get along there and, and are able to donate anything at all, uh, I'm sure that would be really, really well appreciated by everybody at Chatham and at the One Big Family. And, and it's that time of year, isn't it, Alex? And, and it's important that we remember those sorts of things.
4: What a brilliant day that sounds! I just, so that's fantastic. What community spirit! And uh, yeah, I, there's not any excuse to wear a Christmas jumper in public at the moment, and and mulled wine, and any day that I don't have mulled wine or a pig in blanket in the next couple of weeks is a, is a wasted day as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, make the most of it. Get get along to that. It sounds fantastic.
0: It's uh, one of those where I don't know if it's a Christmas party you know, or a business meeting anymore. I'm, I'm confused, but definitely get along there. Uh, is there also, was cheese and wine? You didn't mention the cheese and wine. Uh, there, possible, there must be know. cheese and wine, surely. I mean, that's that's all the rage these days. Also, on that uh, on that thread, Irith Town also have the scaffold. Uh, similar incentive for them on Saturday, but they're supporting the uh, the Bexley Food Bank. They do this every year. Irith Town, who are, who are flying high on the table, their fourth. Uh, at the moment. They're saying, if you bring the following items to the turnstile again, for their game against Rustle on Saturday, you'll get free admission. There after long-life milk, tinned rice pudding, fish, noodles, sugar, deodorant, hair conditioner, razors, mashed potato. Um, I'm assuming that's obviously the, uh, the, the stuff that's in tins rather than something that your mum's knocked up that you can take <laughs> along. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, three o'clock kickoff there at... Uh, uh, Irith Town as well, so there's another great opportunity to support uh, to support people uh, over the weekend. Uh, so there are lots of opportunities going along. Last weekend there was a food bank collection at Sheppey United, and the people who were at that game also saw an absolute cracker. You'll have heard me talk about that draw with Jack uh, between Sheppey United and Glebe, and we're now going to hear from one of the protagonists in that. Uh, Glebe Glebe, three nil up at half time at home park, but Sheppey United hit back with three goals of their own in the second period. One of those goals was scored by defender Ashley Sainz. And I spoke to him on Wednesday night as well.
2: To be honest with you, we was a bit against it uh, in the first half. I think I think we've been to just give them a little bit too much respect. But, um but then yeah, like the boys like that we have in the squad, like they honestly they're fantastic. But like, we've we we have all, all brought into obviously going as long as possible without getting beaten. So we've literally all just brought into the fact of if we're not gonna win, just don't lose. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs>
0: You've made a bit of a habit of these comebacks because you had the same against Chatham towards the start of the season. So I guess it shows that there is a lot of determination, as you say, not to lose. Yeah, no, mate. Honestly, every, like all, all the boys, we're, we're all very determined.
2: Like as I say, it's a cracking bunch of lads down there. Um, and yeah, we just, especially at home, we um, we have all very much bought into the idea of just,
0: yeah, don't go down without a fight, basically. You say being at home, uh, you obviously do well, but what a great support you get there every week as well, and that's got to help you.
2: Yeah, no, honestly, the crowd that we get in there is just fantastic. It's, it's obviously it's not just one off; it is pretty much week in, week out. Even, like, even last night there was obviously not as many, but with the conditions and stuff, like there was still like a hundred of people out. Like it's, honestly, mate, it's, it's really good down there, and the. But the following and the support from the fans is
0: fantastic. You've chipped in with a few goals so far this season, including one on Saturday. you got to be pleased with that? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I said an in interview earlier on in the season about um, always looking to get on the score sheet and stuff. So, yeah, it's nice to be able to rack up your tally for the season. Uh, this weekend, you move on the FA Vars down at Littlehampton. They're, they're a side in good form and uh, beat Sheppard United in the competition last year. So, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, obviously,
2: cut. Cup competitions—it's always a funny one, isn't it? Like, um, I mean, all league positions go out the window. It's, it's a completely different, completely different ballpark when you're playing in cup games because obviously it's, uh, you get you get one chance to to put things right. Because I don't think it's replays at the minute, is it? In um,
0: no, in straight to run. penalties. I think.
2: Yeah, I think it's still straight to penalties. So yeah, it's, as I say, it's, it only takes one slip-up. It only takes one mistake from either side to to obviously go out. Um, regarding they obviously doing well in the, in the league obviously we're flying as well so it's, it's going to be a good game for honest I think uh,
0: obviously you weren't there but a few lads will, will know th- know what their threat is like from last season I suppose do you think that helps
2: um, I mean yeah, I suppose yes and no but then obviously from especially at our level like from season to season the uh, the squad's changed so much don't they so it's it obviously yeah they'll know a few of the players and stuff but obviously in the start of the plays and what have you and, and Obviously, with the weather this week, you don't know what sort of, what the conditions are going to be like. I know last time they went down, the conditions weren't great at all. So, it's, it's obviously, it's all going to play, play a factor. But, yeah, no, as I say, I think it will be a good game. And, obviously, some of the boys will know what if, if, if they've still got their threats and what they will be and how each other play, I suppose.
0: Uh, you have obviously had a bit of a taste of, of, of a good Vars run uh, in your time at Cray Valley. How much... How difficult is it to to battle at the top of the league and go deep in the Vars? Because obviously you did you did both with Cray Valley.
2: Yeah, um, I always say like it is It is nice winning winning titles and performing cup competition. Jesus, it's, it's like hard. It is really really tough. Like that that season, we was in we was in a lot of cups still. Obviously the Vars and obviously literally the, the title went down to the last game of the season. So obviously. Grow up, like you have to be on your game every single every single match you have to be giving it un- over 100 percent. you have to be on it every single little boy has to like boys have to be on it you have to make forward one for of the squad as well not just whilst being at work and stuff all day long and then going home or well, not even going home since you're going straight to football on a Tuesday night or whatever it's yeah it's, it is tough on the body and it is hard but don't get me wrong but like, you reap the rewards and it is more than worth it Obviously, we, we were was rewarded with obviously the league and um, a trip to Wembley, but yeah, it is, it is very very
0: tough, mate, very tough. And the thing is with, with the Wembley is is I guess like Cray Valley, you want to get out of the league, so you you don't have any more chances to get to Wembley in the FA VAR. So you do have to. It it must be such a difficult balancing act. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, um, it's obviously cup games are like they they
2: they're all they're all very. Good um, in regards to obviously, like, it, it, it's, a, it's a, you don't have to pay as many games in the league to obviously get get a trophy or whatever. Um, but then, obviously, yeah, as you say, if we if you go up, then you get put into the trophy, which obviously is a lot more harder to obviously get further in because obviously you're playing against all the top teams, whereas when you're, when you're in the scaffold, it's, you're at the top of the top of the pack and such. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it's, it's one of them like obviously the league the league is the main priority but everyone always says like the Vals and like the, because it's such a big cup like it's more for the players but I think it's like it's just yeah it's it's just the, the fault it's just it's a boyhood dream isn't it to go and play at Wembley it's what every like young lad and what well, even even me now like, I'd love to go and do it again it'd be unbelievable
0: and looking at the at the finally, that, that it's going to be a tight old battle. This at the top of the table. I've, I've spoken to Jack Evans today as well from Chatham, so he knows it's going to be tough. You know it's going to be tough, I'm sure as well. Uh, it's just going to be fantastic for the rest of the campaign, isn't
2: it? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Like uh, there's us Chatham and Glee, we've all got off to absolute flyers. Do you know what I mean? Like so, it's, it is going to be. It's, I think it's going to be one of them again, the same as when I was at Crane. Like it literally went down to the wild, So I think it's literally going to be one of them seasons again. And it's, it's not necessarily, when you win the leagues. it's not necessarily the big games that you come out on top. It's all the, the midweeks and the, like the, the tough condition games that you have to get results in that, that obviously add up at the end of the season and put you on top of the pack.
0: When I was deciding who I wanted to speak to at Sheppie this week, he was my first pick uh, because of his previous Vars experience with Crave ADPM. And to be honest, Alex, I got exactly what I was after. That was a pretty fascinating insight, I thought, into what it's like to challenge on both of those fronts.
4: Yeah, I thought he said a lot of a lot of what he said made made a lot of sense actually, and 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 you're definitely right in terms of the Vars. I mean, the, the clubs for the Vars is basically a bonus, but for the players, it's as a, as we've established. I'm not much of a player myself, but for the players, that dream of Wembley, that incentive, that that's what it is. And I know the leagues are bread and butter, but you have to have a different level of motivation to get yourself through all those midweek training sessions and those long trips, sort of outside the county sometimes on a on a Tuesday night and. Just it's the vase, it's the magic of the cup. And and yes, the FA Cup's fantastic as well. But for non league clubs, the, the vase is a real opportunity to to progress. And every every season has its own fairy tale stories. And this is the thing. At the start of the season, why not us? And and absolutely, why not Sheppi?
0: which well, up united obviously top of a, of a strong league are one of the bookies favorites uh, to win the fa vars but it was interesting to to hear the the sort of challenge that it is of you want to win the vars and the deeper you go into that competition the more you want to get involved in it but you also have to focus on the bread and butter because you want to get out of the league and but the, the difficulty the, the the flip side of that is if you get out of this league the Vars isn't an option for you anymore. And Ashley was very tuned into that there, I thought. And he saw that with Cray Valley. And it's interesting that the teams that have gone deep in the Vars from a Kent point of view in the last few years have all done really well in the league. Because obviously Cray Valley got to the final and won the league at the same time. Corinthian got to the semi-final uh, and, and, well, let's not talk about what happened, but they got promoted (laughs) at the end of the two seasons that were put together. Um, And it looks like Sheppey United could do that as well because they're one of the favourites for the league. Uh, they're one of the favourites for this competition, but they've got a very, very tough game down at Littlehampton first up.
4: Yeah, absolutely right. It was interesting listening to, to Ashley. It almost sounded like he had some kind of PTSD from that experience, the kind of the real slog, the grind of having so many games and, and trying to get yourself up twice a week, pretty much every week, for essential must-win games. You can't have a day off. And if you're trying to win the league and trying to get win the Vasa and get to Wembley, you can't have a day off. And the, the pressure on you, I, I'd imagine it must have been a really long Long summer to to basically just take take a break from football after a season like that, and yet here he is. He signed up for it again. And and Sheppey have every chance. They're going to go all the way. I'm pretty sure we're going to be looking at a, a title race that goes all the way through towards the end of the season in, in the Skelthorpe. And the bars, the sky's the limit. Yes, it's a tricky away tie, but it's the road to Wembley, and, and it, it doesn't take much motivation once once you get those players. Whether it's on a coach or whether it's in a in a convoy to get down there, it's a different ground. It's a long trip away. It, it, it's you. you it, is a great motivator in itself. Those unfamiliar surroundings, it brings you together, and um, and having that that prize there, and the experience of, of of the players that they've got that have been there and done it, and the likes of Ashley saying it's, it's it's invaluable for Sheppey, and they're they're among the bookies' favourites for a very good reason. It's it's a tough test, but they've shown, I mean, the character they show to come back from those three goals down against Glee, particularly the, the the extra one, the third Glee goal just before half time. My goodness, to, for Sheppey to roll up the sleeves and just say, we will not be beaten. That's brilliant experience, and you imagine it will stand them well when they go down to Littlehampton.
0: Yeah, Littlehampton are top of the Sussex Combination, which is a league that's probably not as uh, not as strong as, as our. And they have played 21 league games. Uh, have have Littlehampton. They've scored 76 goals in those 21 games. Uh, so I'd imagine it's not going to be nil-nil that game. But Littlehampton have beaten uh, Sitting Board in the FA Cup this season. They've already beaten Deal uh, in the FA Vars as well. So they, they're obviously a threat. They they score a lot of goals. However, they have lost only three league games this season. Two of those in the last three. So if there is a good time to play a team that scored 76 goals in 21 games, I'm guessing now is that time.
4: Uh, yeah, that sounds sounds like they've had a bit of a wobble. But hey, Sheppey have scored forty five and sixteen as well. So they're then they no mugs in when it comes to the scoring, and the confidence is high. When you when you're on those um, those runs, you spoke about the the Vars in the league. Those, they can both kind of build on each other. The, the confidence you take from a deep cup run and from being top of the league, and just winning is a habit. We, we, we say it all the time, it is a cliche, but it is the more games that you win. If you can turn around twice a week, you don't go to training, you're just playing games, and you're winning, and you're winning, and you're winning, and you just turn up, you kind of expect to win, and, and you know the standards required to win, and it's, it's a great situation to be in. The you look like they're getting themselves in there. Hopefully, I'm not giving them the kiss of death before Saturday.
0: And obviously, they did lose down there last season, uh, uh, as we discussed, but that doesn't really mean anything, does it? Uh, apart from probably to the supporters more than anybody else, because the players may have all changed completely. So, it, it, and that one went all the way to penalties. And I'm sure Sheppard will be hoping uh, that they can at least do that this time. But I just get the feeling that there, there's some confidence there that they're going to get a result.
4: I think so. Yeah, I think that that is definitely a club that's on the up and up. And, and as you mentioned before, the standards are comparable, but perhaps not quite the same. And um, I, I think a lot of people will be. I'm not sure if they'll be running a book on it, but I'd imagine Sheffield would still be pretty strong favourites to get through, certainly in my book.
0: Yeah, there's three other FA Vars ties for us over the weekend, two of them at the same stadium. Uh, Firstly on Saturday, there's a derby, albeit from two different leagues, as Beckenham Town make the less than seven-mile journey to take on Glebe, third in the scaffold at home to third in the Combined Counties League Premier Division South. Promises to be an absolute cracker. Becks haven't played since the 27th of November when they beat Collierswood United 4-0. I'm sure they'll be bang up for this one. I'm planning on heading up there to see it myself. It could be a really interesting game.
4: Absolutely right, yeah. And if, if the likes of you are going, I'd imagine a lot of others will be as well. It's one of those that will attract the interest of uh, of any floating voters on the day. I know there's a lot of good football around the county and uh, well, the metropolitan area as well on uh, on Saturday, but that's a, a definitely a good one. It's just the thing. It's always about testing out these different levels and, and you can kind of almost... No pun intended. After a couple of years, but you're in a bit of a bubble. If you're in your league, you uh, you you know about the teams in your league, but you're never quite sure and, until it comes to cup competitions, what the standards like. Just as you say, seven miles away, so it'll be a really interesting test to find out what third against third is like in uh, in different levels.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting. It's obviously, Beckenham have been a team who've been in the Southern Counties East League uh, for many seasons. This is their first campaign over uh, in the Combined Counties League. They're third, so they're about where they would have been in the scaffold. So that suggests to me that uh, that you know it's it's, it's maybe a decent level of football. I'm I'm sure it is. And Beckham have got some good players. Glebe have obviously got some really good players as well. They've had a great season. I just think it's all set up to be a a really, really interesting game. And, and, you know, I I wouldn't like to call it, to be honest. I suppose you'd have to say, as they're at home, Glebe are favourites, but they've had a couple of results in the last couple of weeks. Well, they haven't won their last couple of league games. I just think, you know, Beckham will go there with very little to, to fear and, and quite a bit to prove, I suppose, to say, you know, well, we're not in your league anymore, but this is, mm-hmm. but, but we're still here. Don't forget about us because yeah. they're a team who've been challenging around the top of this table for the last few years. So I, I think it's going to be, I, I just think it's going to be a really, really good game.
4: Yeah, absolutely right. You've given it a big build up and I think it deserves it as well. Yeah, it's going to be a case of remember us. Yeah, Glebe. Glebev- it depends on their mindset basically if they can channel that disappointment from the welling game and also from the i mean leading 3-0 away against your, your biggest potentially one of your biggest rivals and throwing it away essentially give give Sheppy credit for coming back but when you're winning 3-0 with uh, with whatever 35 40 minutes to play it's pretty inexcusable to not win that game um yeah it depends can they can they sort of channel that into some kind of positive response and reaction it's a it's a freebie game it's a, it's a cup game and and it's sort of away from league uh, um league matters they could look at it as a bonus and just go out there and play and, and show what they can really do or it, the rock might kind of set in a little bit more it might be that um if, if Beckenham were to get an early goal then the, their heads might drop and they'll start to question and scratch heads and worry about what is going on with the league at the moment so yeah really finely poised i can understand why you want to go
0: Absolutely. Uh, Also on Saturday, Tumbridge Wells are home to Wallingford Town, who are fifth in the Combined Counties League First Division. Uh, So a step down, but they are unbeaten so far in their league campaign. Uh, Wales will be favourites on league standing alone, but their step six opponents have already overcome three teams from step five to reach this stage. And then on Sunday, our last step six representatives have their big day as Stansfield host Frimley Green, who are currently 16th in the same division as Beckenham. Uh, Another pair of enthralling ties, those. Uh, I've got a feeling... I've just got a feeling that Tunbridge Wells and Stansfield are both going to go through.
3: I like the sound of that.
4: Yeah, that sounds really good. Tunbridge Wells, I think, have had uh, the game called off in there at the weekend. So they haven't played quite as many as most of the teams. But they're, yeah, they're a, they're a top half team or a top eight team, aren't they, in, uh, uh, in Scaffola as well. I, and they've got experience. of They know what it takes to win cup games. The, the, the culture of the club suggests that. And uh, yeah, I think absolutely right. The, the league is, is going really, really well this year. And I am I'm, I'm can totally understand that. I reckon perhaps all of those teams get through.
0: It's... It, uh, it's a great competition. I mean, Thomas Wells obviously were reached the final a few, a few years ago, or what, nearly nine years ago now. Uh, they reached the final in uh, in 2013 when they lost to Spennymoor, and look how far Spennymore have moved up now. But Thomas Wells a little bit inconsistent. I saw them a few weeks ago uh, when they were playing against uh, uh, Rossall, and they were beaten one nil. Uh, then they went back and had a couple of good results, and then they were held at the weekend by Hollands and Blair, and and. and it's almost like it's it's just not clicking at the moment for, in every game for Tunbridge Wells. But you you just hope that they go there on Saturday and uh, at home there'll, there'll be a decent crowd in there and, and, and that it clicks for them and that they can get involved in, and, and score some goals.
4: Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. It's it's a home game, a bit a decent crowd. Hopefully, you just hope to get a decent bit of weather as well. A nice, cold, bright, sunny winter's day. That's that's the perfect for a. Uh, for a cup day like that, and yeah, and you want people to remember again. So it's nine years. It's really nine years. That's extraordinary that it's taken so long. But the people at Tumbridge Wells and, and the surrounds will, will probably feel the same. They'll think, oh, nine years. Let's get back on that road to Wembley and uh, and do it for ourselves. It's a, it's a momentum game. We've we've seen this all, all, all season long. What Chatham four wins in a row now, and, and Sheppey had four wins in a row before that. Uh, well, more than that before the Glebe game as well. It's a momentum game. So if you stop start like Tumbridge Wells have been then you probably won't go too far. Whereas the likes of Crowborough are on a fantastic winning run. They've uh, they've leapfrogged them and, and, and gone above Tunbridge Wells as well. So it's all about turning draws into wins and definitely not losing. Try and find a way like uh, like Sheppie did at the weekend. Just don't lose. Try and keep the momentum and the unbeaten runs coming.
0: Yes, and that stands for game on Sunday as well should be a cracker too. Good luck to all of those teams in the FA Bars this weekend. Let's run through the rest of the schedule quickly then. Saturday, Weddingtown left it late before beating Canterbury City 1 0. Irith Town 2 1 winners at Holmesdale. Kennington beat Fisher 1 0. Irith and Belvedere beat K Sports 4 2. Lordswood beaten 6 0 at home by Inform Crowborough. Punjab United beat at 3 1. Deal 4 0 winners at Russell. We've already heard about the games at Sheppey and Tower Hamlets, and another of the lesser-spotted nil-nil draws, as Tunbridge Wells met Horns and Blair. In the first division, it was Chesterton, Hook 2, Greenways 2, Forest Hill Park nil, Staplehurst Monarchs 2, Kentford United 1, Lutisham 1, Lightfield and New Newhithe 2, FC Elmstead 2, Lidtown 2, Brydon Ropes 3, Meridian VP 4, Strike Strikeforce 2, Rochester beating at home by Tooting Beck by a goal to nil, Snoddlin 1, SC Thamesme 2. Stansfeld warmed up nicely for that FA Vars tie with a 4-1 win over fellow high flyers Croydon and Saturn Athletic beat Westside 2-0. This weekend, we've already heard about some of these games Chatham against Wellington, Erith uh, and Belder at home to Lordswood, Erith Town against Russell with a food bank collection at that one as well. Don't forget, Hollands and Blair at home to K Sports, Kennington against Punjab United, Tower Hamlets take on Canterbury City. Uh, in the first division, Croydon against Chesterton Hook, Greenways host FC Armstead, Kent Football United against Snodland Town, Lewisham Borough take on Staples Monarchs, Meridian VP at home to Forest Hill Park, SC Thamesmead meet Larkfield and New Hyde, Tooting Beck against Sutton Athletic, and Westside are at home to Bride and Ropes. Uh, and on Wednesday, a couple of league games there. Uh, Holmesdale against Tunbridge Wells in the Premier Division and Rochester United against Stansfield in the First Division. Uh, into the Eastman League South East now. And one of the feel-good stories of the season so far is happening down at Ramsgate. On the pitch, it's going well. Matt Longhurst's side fourth in the table looking good to continue their push. Off it, it's probably going even better with the Rams' long-held be- dream of being at the heart of their community coming to fruition. The second in the average attendance tables and after offering free entry to their top-of-the-table clash with Cray Valley a couple of weeks ago, they're at it again this weekend when Three Bridges visit. I spoke to Rams chairman James Lawson about the project at Southwood.
3: Yeah, we're, we're going to give it another go. 703 people we had turn up and it was a—it uh, was pretty much the game was played in the typhoon. So it was um, I think we would certainly have had over, over a thousand turn up had it not been for the weather. So, um, yeah, hopefully it'll work as well again on Saturday.
0: How do you sort of come to that decision? Because obviously there are there are pitfalls to, to making football free for everyone, aren't there?
3: Yes, yeah, it's a strange one. And, and traditionally, I, I suppose, it's, it, it's quite rare. You have to, you have to um, notify the league that you're doing it. But generally, providing them, um, it, obviously it's part of a, of a wider community scheme. They're, um, they're sympathetic to, to clubs who want to do it.
0: So, so obviously, the thinking is that you are doing such great work in the community. This is a good way to to, to get even more people involved.
3: Yeah, exactly. So, so it's just you know, we're trying to, to, to grow the club w- within the community. Obviously, we we spent the best part of a million quid on the on the stadium in the past twelve months. Um, over the course of the last decade, I think we've been in the bottom half of the table. So people kind of drifted away slightly. But now, like I say, now there's been lots to spend on the stadium. The the, the team is much better than it has been. Um, we, we just want people to come and see it for themselves and, and hopefully get, uh, get hooked on it again.
0: I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is, is, oh, I think we've had you on the show before and other people from Ramsgate has always said, you know, it's been it's part of a project and not necessarily the first team is is the most important thing, but looking at the results, it's been fantastic for you so far this season.
3: Yeah, we've had a really good start to the season. Like it's, it's a young side, which is why we, we send to... Uh... But win a few, lose a few, win a few, lose a few. But um, yes, it's been very exciting. I think up until this weekend, we were the joint top scorers in the league. So it's, uh, it's been really exciting
0: this year. And, and in Matt Longhurst, you've obviously got a man who's really bought into everything you're trying to do at the club.
3: Yeah, Matt's also the full-time of us as the um, as the community officer. So um, he does a great job going out in local schools. As Matt's probably explained to you loads of times, kind of we've set up as a charity. And, and the ethos of the charity is to try and um, raise aspirations of children in, in the local area. So that means getting kids who aren't playing sport or are a bit nervous of playing sport to the front of the PE lessons and then from the front of the PE lessons into after-school clubs and then from after-school clubs hopefully into um, into sports clubs like our own or Planet or Wanderers if they want to play rugby. But basically just try and get as many people in Planet active as we, as we can.
0: I mean, there are so many challenges, aren't there, down in Fanny? I You probably don't know, but I used to be the sports editor of the Art of Fanny Gazette many years ago. So I, I know all the issues that, that there are down there. And I think someone once said to me that the problem you've got is for a catchment area, most of yours is the sea. Um, so the, the, there are challenges to running Ramsgate Football Club. And I, and I think that the, the way you've done it by looking to the community it, it is the way forward, isn't it?
3: I think so. I think me and Matt sound like um, we're on repeat where we keep giving out the same stats, but in the area, we've got the highest un- level of unemployment within Kent, the highest level of unemployment of 16 to 24-year-olds in the southeast, and, and quite critical for me is the lowest average basic salary. So so basically, kids see the parents go off to work, um, and, and the salaries are relatively low, so perhaps they don't uh, feel they get the benefits of, 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 of seeing their parents go to work, and don't aspire to work themselves. So, uh, so we're really trying to um, to show kids that, that there is more out there, and and, and hopefully to work with local employers to try and get some better paid work in in this area.
0: And I suppose obviously that the football club is, is is just part of the figurehead of all of this, then
3: which is lucky that we're kind of we can bring it all together obviously we've got a thousand kids in our youth section which i think there's twenty five thousand children in fannet so it's a huge proportion of uh of all the kids in Fanny actually play for the club we've got some some large sponsors who are big employers in the area we've of course got 110 coaches and now over 500 fans so we're, we're kind of a central hub so we recognize that we're an important base to try and help tie all these things together
0: it's one of those things, isn't it? Because I'm looking at the average attendances now and, and you're, you know, you're up on where you were a couple of years ago, you're the second highest attendance average attendance in the whole league. So that just shows that you are obviously doing something right.
3: Yeah, and it's great as well. I mean, we're, we're supporting the community. A lot of, lot of what we do is free. We're very conscious to, to make things cheap or, or, or free. And it's nice to see the uh, the community supporting us back. But what we actually have noticed is that we're, we're quite good with um, social marketing ourselves on social media. So you, you notice that the, our, our kind of average fan base is, is very young, it's families, lots of children, lots of, uh, lots of, lots of mums um, and dads. But since COVID, uh, traditionally, normally clubs are supported by, by the older generation. And I don't know if you've had this in your conversations with other clubs, but we seem to have lost that generation from our um, support base slightly. Has so that been something you've noticed across the board?
0: Not overly, no, but I uh, suppose there is obviously the factors, isn't there, of everything that's gone on with COVID and everything like that. Pe- pe- there are still people who are, are more reluctant to, to go out and about, I suppose.
3: Yeah, so, so what we've kind of done is gone, um, obviously continued with our traditional, what uh, were like, our current form of um, marketing via the social medias. But myself and Matt have been going back down into the local town, so we've been going back to more traditional postering, again. to going into local pubs, the local boogies, the local shops, and putting posters up. Um, going into, uh, like you just mentioned, the Isle of Panic Gazette and, and trying to have a larger present in the printed media. And actually for the, uh, the Craig Valley game, we noticed that we did start to to, to reach out to, to a few um, of that generation of support again. And that's something that, that we really want to, to grow.
0: When it comes to, to, to the club's ambitions going forward, obviously you're doing really well in the league this year. I, I guess promotion is something you might be thinking about. But you, you know what, what are your ultimate aims for, for Ramsgate at the moment? Uh, so, so obviously I, I was running the youth section
3: before I took over the club a couple of years ago I've got two kids six and ten so I'm very invested in, in, in local youth football so basically my aspirations are to be able to bring local team local players into the team as high level as we can possibly be so for example if, if we were to, to be able to reach the Conference South it would be fantastic to set a baseline where we would bring in local players in at that level mm. So, but that is obviously a very long term goal and that means raising um coaching standards um a lot of coach education locally obviously we've now got the uh, the facilities to be able to do things like that so so overriding these to be able to get as high as we can and still bring local players through
0: i think that's the thing i, I certainly remember back in my time when i was covering the, the, the rams quite extensively that that was always the sort of aim but it, it never seemed to sort of click and then it would always go back to to bring in the wards and stuff like that who would bring their players from from elsewhere and everything like that but it seems to me that if you can get that ethos especially with the the team that you're competing with in your local area and the way they operate it it gives you an opportunity to to really make a mark where you are. I think, I mean it's important I don't have much
3: experience in senior football at all, obviously Matt and, and people around us do but it's interesting to see that actually you do still need senior experienced players from outside the area to help bring these younger players through you kind of you can't bring them all through at one time. So it really is a, a long-term, slowly, slowly drip-thread um, process. Um, and we are very reliant on them. We've got people like Coily, who are great role models for, for the younger players. So we really are very reliant on them to, to help bring these kids through. And again, that's where we, we drip down into, into the community. So we're running a uh, soccer school half-term, uh, a week of it, and we've got six of our first team are actually going to be coaching on the soccer school. So again, creating the connection between the youth and the, and the senior, and, uh, and hopefully creating um, some role
0: models. And obviously these Saturdays in the build-up towards Christmas, they're traditionally ones where you get lower attendances. So this is where this promotion really kind of helps you out, isn't it?
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, lots of people are busy this time of year. So it's certainly yeah, the best time of year to,
0: to experiment with, that's for sure. And, and I suppose going forward, you want people to just keep keep coming along and, and, and keep working with that community ethos that, that that you are building. And, you know, we know that this isn't going to be built in a day, but you've made great strides in the past couple of years.
3: Yeah, it's a long-term, it's a, like I keep saying, it's a real long-term um, aim. But but the thing is that the, I keep having conversations with people and they're saying, oh, Saturday, what a great day it was, what a nice atmosphere it was up there. Because obviously with the kids up there, it, it feels like a bit of a carnival atmosphere. And I think that the, the key message to people is, we can make this whatever we want to be it doesn't cost a lot and if a thousand fifteen hundred two thousand people turn up then one we're making a better day out to go to locally and uh and obviously from that that platform you can grow a better side as well so i think that it's in local people's hands to create a fantastic day out in fanit every other saturday and that's uh that's really the message that we're trying to to get out It's, it's it's in our own hands
0: you and I both know, Alex, after our years in local journalism, that, that there's potential in Thanet football. There's two ways of going about it. There's the, the way Margate go about it. And there's the way Ramsgate go about it. Uh, that they're completely different ethoses. They're that Margate is run by people from offsi- outside the island. A lot of it's based outside the island, whereas it's completely different for, for, for Ramsgate. And at the moment, Ramsgate are looking in really, really good shape.
4: They are looking in really, really good shape. Yeah, absolutely right. It's any time that you can uh, basically feel more part of a community, how is that ever a bad thing? And and going out into the town and and, and trying new ways of kind of getting in touch with that community—that just the football club is part of the community, and you need the community to be part of the football club as well. We've seen it working in how do we put this delicately opposite ways at certain other clubs in East Kent um, in terms of a the, there's a fracture between the club and the community. So for, for James to be doing this, it's, it's really good. I think it's a blueprint and a, a good idea for the way forward. And it's a reward as well. They've only got one home game, I think, in um, for in the space of a month. This uh, this Three Bridges game is the only one between the 27th of November and the 27th of uh, December. So what, what better opportunity to, to get people in, as many people as possible, to make it, a, a I mean, Southwood, a, a fortress is the, is the plan for the season as well. And it's kind of a little thank you too. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be looking to, uh, to to try and attract the people to come back because they've got obviously the, the Christmas, um, the festive programme, I think they've got Hythe on the 27th of December and then Ashford as well. They want people to see things that they enjoy enough to come back and, and perhaps pay a little bit of money for those games I'd expect.
0: I suppose in some ways there is a little bit of pressure then in that you've got to make it a good uh, a good fan experience but both on and off the pitch. Off the pitch, I wouldn't worry so much. But, you know, if, if Ramsgate were to lose at the weekend, which, which I don't think they will because they're in a great run of form and, and they're playing really well, that, that then it could have an impact going forward, couldn't it? And, and I guess that's kind of the, the, the difficulty of it uh, in terms of, you know, you're, you're offering something, but you've got, you've got to deliver, I suppose, mm. on the pitch.
4: You do, definitely. This is the thing. Whenever you have a one of the non league days that comes around, generally they're always for the, the England, well, the international breaks in England are playing, and there's no Premier League and Championship, and often you find some of the League One and Two games go as well due to international call ups. They always advertise it and they bill it as basically come along, use your season ticket or your membership at a big club, and come watch some non league football. And you need to hope that it, you see enough to, to think, well, maybe instead of spending however much you want to spend, 800, 900 thousand pounds to go and watch a team in London every year uh, every week of the season or every other week of the season you might spend significantly less go and stand with your mates and, and have a beer and a burger and uh, and watch them a decent standard of football this is what you want you want people to be surprised by how good non-league football is and when you realize that it's cheaper and it's more convenient then you'll keep going back and that's the, that's the dream for all the clubs and that is exactly what Ramsgate wants to do it's not the most glamorous of opponent I don't think they necessarily bring a lot with them but uh, but if they can go there put on a show Worry about their own business, put in a decent performance, decent win. Everyone will go home happy, and, and if they've got it for free, it doesn't get better than that.
0: It's one of those as well, isn't it, for for Ramsgate? They have tried this before to go and bring through lots of local young players and everything. But as James Caron said, there you can't do that overnight. And and so what what they're doing really well is is by having Matt Long as part of the club as well. You know he is able, he knows that he's got time to. to, to build that ambition of having more and more local players but you can't run before you can walk in that situation and you, you know they count on the experienced players that they've got in that squad at the moment to, to to get that team to the level but you know he was very frank about his ambitions that he thinks that Ramsgate can get into the National League South and still be playing players from the local area and, and I really hope that that can happen at some point.
4: I mean that's an incredible ambition to have um time will tell I, I don't know that one thing we we forget sometimes is how difficult they've actually got it. It's pretty brutal in terms of the catchment area. You mentioned most of it being water. Um, it's true. We've seen it down the years with with, with some of the other clubs as well. It's, it's it's very very tricky. Dover have spent a lot of time at, at far high levels and um, and generally find themselves having to uh, to bring in players from from London. They certainly train up towards London um, and it, it, it is very tricky if you've got enough talent in the local area that's brilliant but when you're competing against the likes you've got Margate um, you've got you've got Dealandover Dover on your on your doorstep you've got Herne Bay and Whitstable as well not too far away there's, there's a lot of um, uh, different clubs that and different callings and different styles of football that are basically calling on players that grow up in the, these areas and it's a it's a real disadvantage to be in this kind of corner of Kent rather than up towards kind of Maidstone and, and, and Medway, way, where you've got a lot of different teams with so many different people and facilities that there's almost enough to go around. It's, it's a disadvantage, but if, if they can turn that into some kind of a, an advantage for them and, and, and really, as I say, link up with the community and, and, and make it a community club and, and show that pathway through from the, the youth teams into the first team, then people will want to go and play for them, I'm pretty sure.
0: I think the difficulty as well is, and this was a conversation I had with someone at Margate a few years ago, but a lot of their catchment area is the channel so that does yep. make it difficult and we see how Dover find find it difficult you know they're obviously a few levels up but I think part of their difficulties do come from the fact of where they are and and you know you have to look and consider do you want to train a bit further away to try and attract better players and then but then you kind of lose that community feel and, and, and that's certainly something Margate have suffered from uh, maybe not now but in recent times they, they, they've you know where the players only come to to the town to play matches and and i feel that's where they sometimes lose out whereas as james said there you know their soccer schools they get the first team involved and everything like that so it kind of shows that they're on the they're doing everything they can to to make the best of 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 a situation that that can be tricky
4: yeah it's i listen i've grown up here I've, i've lived through it pretty much all my life and um I remember from when I was really young, all this talk, it's never happened, God willing it never will happen, but this talk of a super club, an East Kent super club where you'd, you'd merge your Margates and your Folkestone and your Dover and that, that catchment area would be enough to get enough people to go and watch it. You could have 15,000 people going every week to go and watch football, probably support a league team and you'd have all the youth players just playing for one club under one umbrella and call it East Kent United, something like that. That's been mentioned pretty much for as 30 years as much as I can remember. And uh and I hope it never happens. Basically, it no one's got it quite right. Margate haven't got it quite right. Dover haven't got it quite right. They've tried a lot of different things. Why not give this a go? It's 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 a really tough ask. You can never change the geography. We don't like franchise football where people up sticks and move it. We don't want that to happen. It's it's all about trying to get the best facilities um and encourage the young players to come through because you need to start building the foundations. You need your under tens, your under elevens, under twelves. All the way through to the first team as well. That's where it's going to come. It's, you're going to have more success doing that in the long run than you are by bringing in your London players from the the M25 corridor and uh, and and training with them in wherever it might be, um, just kind of off the M20 somewhere. It's it's definitely the the way to go, but it's it's a big picture and it will take time and patience as well.
0: Yeah, and I think they've got that there, and, uh, and as I always say, it's one of those things where it's quite easy to come into a football club and say, I want to build this and start with the team, but you have to build with the club and everything around it, and that is exactly what Ramsgate are doing. This last weekend uh, in the Eastman League South East Division, Corinthian were 2 nil winners at Burgess Hill, Ashford United beaten 3-2 at Chichester, uh, Cray Valley beat Herne Bay by two goals to one, it was Hythe won, Phoenix Sports one. Seven Oaks lost 3-0 at home to Whitehawk, uh, there was no goals sitting Sittingbourne to play Ramsgate. Uh, Three Bridges won, Faversham Town one, VCD beat Lancing by four goals to nil, and Whitswell had a really good result uh, as they beat Haywards Heath by three goals to two. I'm sure there were some nervous moments there as uh, Whitswell were three nil up uh, with 15 minutes to go, and Haywards Heath very quickly got two back, uh, but they managed to hold on uh, for a, a big win uh, at the foot of the table for them. Uh, in the league on Tuesday night, it was pretty much a washout. Yeah, there weren't supposed to be any games anyway, uh, but some of the uh, the cup ties were called off uh, all around the place, including uh, Faversham's beloved trip to Thatcham, which I spoke about last week uh, at length. Uh, this weekend in the Isthmian League, South East Division, uh, as we know, Ramsgate are home to Three Bridges. Ashford head to Burgess Hill. It's Corinthian against Hythe. Faversham are at home to Phoenix Sports. Herm Bay take on Hastings United. Uh, it's Lansing against Sittingbourne. Uh, Sevenoaks are at home to Whitstall. VCD Athletic are at home to Chichester. And Cray Valley travel to Whitehawk. Those fixtures, incidentally, are the reverse of the opening day of the season. So, we're to see how those teams have all shaped up uh, since their uh, early season exertions. Uh, just the one game for us to worry about on Tuesday night is Highest Town meet Burgess Hilltown. Uh, into the Isthmany Premier Division. Uh, good week for Cray. Wanderers on, well, good for Cray Wanderers on Wednesday night. Anyway, uh, they lost on Saturday, 2-0 at Worthing, but they bounced back from that uh, with a 3-1 win over Horsham. Chris Dixon among the scorers uh, for Cray after his recent move there. Folks and Victor, 3-2 winners at Enfield Town on Saturday. Uh, Margate drew 2-2 uh, with Chesson led twice. Uh, gate but it ended up uh, a brace from Ryan Rowan Lybert, uh made it 2-2 he scored the second in the 89th minute uh, in that one so uh, still just plodding along at the moment those teams this weekend uh, in the league on Saturday as I scroll up to the page hence my uh, desire to <laughs> delay that just ever so slightly folks are at home to Harringay Borough. Uh, it's Kingstonian against Margate and Cray Wanderers are at home to Bishop Stortford as well. Uh, so plenty going on there and Margate at home as well on Tuesday night uh, to Worthing. And We talk a lot about Margate uh, on the show, Matt and myself, Alex, you've probably got similar experiences of, of being in and around Margate football club uh, to me. And, and you just want them all to be singing off the same hymn sheet and, and, I guess and what I've seen that there are a few sort of admiring glances at, at what's going on down the road because Margate have got the potential they've been higher up in the league before they can get the big crowds through the gate but at the moment nothing seems to be clicking either on or off the pitch for them
4: no and it's it's a tricky one when you see there are only a certain number of people that like going to watch football on a Saturday afternoon in a certain local area and they're, like, they're pretty fickle and if not enjoying what they're seeing they're, they're not averse to turning up at different grounds on a Saturday just to watch a bit of fun we've seen it with dare I say a lot of Dover fans have um jump ship isn't the right word they've drifted perhaps to another ground uh in a, in a lower division gone to watch Folkestone we've seen the numbers going up at Folkestone and, and dropping away at, uh, at at Dover as well people want to watch football they enjoy the experience but they want to have a, a pleasant experience they want to see winning football and good football ideally as well and if you can't keep them happy they're competing against each other for for the same kind of it's almost like floating voters at an election and um and who's what what are you going to do in your in your ballot box every saturday afternoon and if ramsgate are offering free football and good football and are, are looking for a promotion push and margate are just having such a just a mess season they're just kind of w- winning and drawing and losing about the same i think they've exactly the same goal difference goals scored and goals against and a zero goal difference and plonked in mid table it's just a bit meh so um, you, you hope that they can do something because it's a it's a great club, definitely should be well above where they are in the uh, in, in the ladder at the moment. And um, perhaps they learnt, need to learn some lessons from other clubs in the county.
0: Mm, absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the National League then, where a club who I'm always told by my regular co-host could learn lessons from other clubs in the county. Diary Athletic beaten again uh, on Saturday as they lost 1-0 at home to Wrexham. But... All reports that I, I've read were that they actually play pretty well. I even saw any hasn't to say after the game, well, if, if we can't win when we play like that, when are we ever going to win? You, you were there, obviously. What, what did you make of it?
4: Well, I wasn't there, actually. I, oh, was, uh, I was, I was, was actually at Darfur. Nobody, uh, other than your your regular co-host, I don't think anyone's seen quite as much Dover as I have this season. Um, and, and what I would say is that it kind of the script was fit pretty much exactly as, as, as they play really, really well against the big teams the ones where they've completely got no hope everyone's written them off The the Chesterfields and the Wrexham's they will um they they'll give it a real good go threaten to score a couple of times and then let in a really soft late winner and uh, that is basically what happened Wrexham even the Wrexham radio Wrexham um, or BBC Radio Wales uh, commentators basically said Dover were very hard done by and they're probably about as biased as they come in the, uh, in the in the national league pyramid it's um it's just really really dispiriting watching Dover this season I feel for Matt every time uh, it's very, very tricky to watch. They've got a massive game this weekend. If if they don't win at Kings Lynn, uh, who are the only other truly poor team in that division, I, I really do fear for them because I don't know where it will come from. They they don't have any luck. The the quality is not there. The, the effort is there. They match any team for effort. That's what I would say. They've got some good young players that are giving it absolutely everything. It's not a level playing field for Dover this season. It, it's pretty apparent from looking at the table that... They are building or should be building towards next season because I've watched a lot of National League South at the moment and I'm not sure Dover are going to be towards the top end of that division as things stand at the moment
0: no I mean they've swapped Miller for Pavey Ricky Miller has moved on Alfie Pavey has come in uh, funnily <laughs> enough when, when I looked at the league table just then uh, because they do play Kingsland away on Saturday um, Kingsland have, have, have only won twice all season they've lost their last five at least uh, but I very quickly looked at the league table and, and uh, I saw that they're on eight, Doberman minus eight and for, just for a split second I went oh they're level on points, no they're not <laughs> Of <course
3: it's> 16 <laughs> There's a
0: little fleck on my two, screen two, two. is
4: that little bit of chocolate on my screen oh that's yeah. no, a minus, yes, yes no, exactly
0: no. yeah but um, yeah, that is, Lynn are, are in dire straits at the moment. And you just hope that Dover can take that performance that they put in against the teams at the top to Lynn on Saturday and just get something. I, I, it's it's this really,
4: sorry, apologies. Um, it's really interesting because the psychology of it, because both Lynn and Dover have been favoured to lose in every single game they've played. Everyone's expected them to get walked over in every game. And now they're almost in a strange way their favourites to win this game. Dover, no, they haven't got a better chance really on paper of beating any team in this division. Kings Lynn are at home to the team on minus eight points that have only drawn four and, and haven't won a game all season. So they're the strong favourites with the with the bookies as well. It's an incredibly strange situation to find themselves in. To say it's a six pointer is, doesn't really do it justice. I think both teams are going down. Um, it's just it's just it, they both want a win for. A, uh, for their own reasons, Kingslin have had to, of course, this season. Dover have yet to, but they've put in some great performances against some much, much better teams, teams right at the top of the table. And um, I, I really, I really hope for them. There's a lot of good people involved at Dover. It's, it's not the most fun place to be uh, at the moment, and there are sure to be some more tough times coming in the next coming months. But I hope for everyone involved, they are giving it absolutely everything. They couldn't be trying harder. Um, it's just that they need a little bit of luck and a little bit of quality, and if they can get those on the on the day. Hopefully against Kings Lynn this weekend, then uh, then we won't have anything to talk about next week.
0: No, um, certainly, though, um, given everything that went on, uh, which led to Dover uh, and why they started the season on minus 12 points. I'm certain that there's people in the club who would definitely like to get one over uh, on Kingsley in town. Bromley uh, are third in the National League uh, after their 3-2 win over Wealdstone on Saturday. Dramatic win, uh, that one as well. Uh, So they, they desperately needed that this weekend. Uh, Bromley are away to Altrincham so that's a, a nice uh, trip two weeks before Christmas isn't it what a lovely <laughs> uh, lovely treat that is for them Wow, they must be over the moon about that one let's move on then to the National League South where Dartford got a much-needed win on Saturday only by one goal to nil against Billericay Town Alex as you just said I thought you were at Dover but it turns out you were at Dartford uh, so w- what did you make of, of Dartford they've been on a bit of a, a, a blip of late so I suppose it didn't matter how they got the result, as long as they got the result. Uh,
4: yeah, I said at the end of this game, basically, that no one will ever talk about that game after about 10 past five on Saturday evening. So obviously, I'm, that's not quite right because I'm talking about it now. However, it was eminently forgettable. It was basically top against bottom, 1-0. It's just about getting the points on the board. Dartford have had, we'll call it a wobble. I mean, Dartford had actually not scored in five of the seven games before that. So uh, for them to just get one goal... Keep a clean sheet and uh, and three points on the board is all that matters. It's actually quite a good day for them because results elsewhere um, meant that they're actually a little bit further ahead. absolutely could have overtaken them by winning their game in hand. That is no longer the case.
0: Yes, and Ebbsfleet, Well, you've brought that you've tied that up beautifully for me because Ebsley, <laughs> uh three defeats in a row for them uh, in the National League South. they uh, beaten 5-2 at Dulwich Hamlet on Saturday. Uh, we said a few weeks ago when they lost to Maidstone, it, it was important to see how they bounced back from that defeat. Uh, and the answer so far has been resoundingly terrible. Uh, and and <laughs> it, it's it's a worry for Epps Fleet. I, I, I saw Epps on the Open Day of the season, uh, and I was really, really impressed. And I remember that they beat Tunbridge Angels 5-1 that day. And I remember just saying, I, I did co-coms with Charles Webster that day for Reddit Kent, and I remember saying to him, I'm really impressed. The challenge is, how do they get on when they're not winning 4-0 after 20 minutes? And at times this season, I think that that's kind of proven to be the case for them. And 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 5-2 at Dulwich. I mean, Dulwich are no mugs by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you know, they're third in the league. They, 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 they're flying. They're, they're in good form. But that's just a really disappointing result for Ebsfleet. And I suppose if you look at the league table, which I've got in front of me, the thing you say about Ebsfleet is they've got to turn some of these losses into draws. They've lost five games out of their fourteen. They're still fourth in the table, but they've lost five games out of fourteen. You'll be better off if you had. Obviously, they'd be better off if they hadn't lost all those games. But <laughs> you just need to draw more games, I suppose. Is is what I'm saying there. That you know they're yeah. one of the top scorers in the division, but they're just not at the moment. It's just not working for them.
4: It's not, no. I mean, they were winning in, in in that game as well, but Dulwich absolutely mullered them in the second half. Um, it was it sounded like an amazing game at the National League South level, 3,334, which is something that will basically either bring the best out of you as a player or might potentially put a little bit of extra pressure on your shoulders and absolutely just crumbled. I think Dulwich, from, from looking at the highlights, Dulwich were very good in the second half, but um, absolutely as good as they were in the first half, just couldn't live with them. and. Dulwich, I think, are probably here to stay. I think we need to accept that they're going to be there or thereabouts as well, because I mean they're within three points of Dartford now, and everyone had appointed Dartford as, uh, as champions in, in kind of September time. Everyone thought it'd be a walk in the park, but it's a really hugely interesting division. I really enjoy watching it because obviously Dartford Maidstone um, this weekend uh, coming up as well. Maidstone, if they could somehow get a, a, a win there. Um, at home then that would just bring them right back into it as well it's, it's absolutely brutal and the, the race for the playoffs is, is is interesting as anything four points separate fourth from 14th so a couple of bad results for ebbsville and all of a sudden they're getting sucked down into into the mid-table same goes for mainstone and and the, it, yeah it's going to be a completely brutal anyone could beat anyone else every weekend of the season all the way through i think
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Two of the teams you aren't uh, in that slew of uh, teams there uh, are Thomas Angels and Welling. Disappointment for both of them uh, at the weekend, Thomas Angels beaten 2-1 at Snell, Welling beaten at home uh, by my mates from up the road, the inconsistent Eastbourne Borough. And uh, you, you just kind of look at, especially Thomas Angels, they haven't won for a long time and, and We've said before, there's only one relegation place in this division, but you don't you want to make sure it's not it's not them. And, and I suppose this is a good opportunity to say to you, you've seen Billericke. Do you think they've got enough to get out of it? Because they're four points adrift at the moment.
4: They have got money. That's the problem. They've got good players that they're bringing in and they can get out of it. I have no doubt of that <laughs> at all. They play really well, actually, against them, against Dartford very well organised considering they've been I mean that's seven defeats in a row for them so it sounds ridiculous to be saying it but they brought in some some huge experience um uh, likes of Josh Wright um, who's obviously been around the block and played a lot of league football they've got a lot of league experience there and uh, yeah I I really do think that they are going to get themselves out of this so you're looking at the likes of I mean, Braintree, Chelmsford are down there. They're not normally down there, but they are down there at the moment. Tunbridge just can't score goals. I think uh, Tunbridge have actually uh, only Villa have scored fewer than they have, fourteen goals. Embry is a new signing. He got the goal. They were actually leading um, at the weekend as well. So it'd be really disappointing for Steve McKim. Every time I've seen Tunbridge this season, they've been brilliant, and um, it's just very strange that they they haven't found a way of turning their chances into goals. I went to see them at Welling. They could genuinely have been four, five, six nil up against Welling and ended up losing the game. They just couldn't score. Um, and if they played that game until midnight, they wouldn't have scored. Steve McKim's really, it's, it's tough watching him at the moment because he's living every moment of, uh, of everything. But once you put the team out there, you can't really do anything as a manager. If they're, if they're missing open goals and putting it past the post rather than inside the post, there's not a lot you can do about it. But if the, I do feel that they're good enough that if they get a couple of breaks, the confidence arrives back in front of goal. They've got enough quality there. I think they'll be all right. Welling as well, I saw them beat Tunbridge. They were actually, very tidy. Um, They they conceded a few chances, but certainly going forward, they've got great midfielders and um, caused problems up front as well. I do feel like they'll both be all right. It's a strange kind of false sense of security, I think, having just that one relegation place. Um, And it it might mean it's a dull kind of latter half of the season if one team gets sucked away. They definitely need to to start picking up some points, though, before Christmas and getting into January. They don't want to be in any kind of a um, a two or three-way fight going into kind of uh, February, March time, I don't think.
0: We don't want to say that too loudly to Summage Angels because they've got an absolute ranted run between now and the end of the year. They've got Dulwich, who we just talked about, at home on Saturday. Uh, Then uh, their next game is uh, in the FA Trophy. Then on Boxing Day, a derby against Maidstone. And on the 28th, they're down here to play Eastbourne. So it's it's not going to get a lot easier for Summage Angels. So they've just got to stick in there and, and... get a result from somewhere, I suppose. Also this weekend, Welling go to Dorking Wanderers. Uh, Ebbsfeet are at home to Concord. And as you've mentioned, Alex, uh, absolute humdinger of a tie. Maidstone United against Dartford. Uh, All ticket clash, I believe. They've already met in the Cup as well, haven't they, this season? So there's uh, there's plenty going on there uh, between the two. they're rivals that, that, that's pretty much as, as as big a game as you're going to get in the National League South this weekend. I mean, obviously, I'd say probably Dartford against Ebbsfleet has the potential to be a, a, a slightly bigger game going forward, but that's going to be an absolute cracker, isn't it?
4: I am very much looking forward to this one because yes, I'm lucky enough to be in the uh, the Sports Hub hot chair on uh, on well, very cold chair actually. I'd imagine it will be on Saturday. Um, yeah, and I also saw that FA Cup game. Dartford was so good in that game. It was uh, it, it, that could have been five or six as well. Maidstone were poor. Dartford were pretty ruthless in, in dreadful conditions in the in the cup game. That was partly what made me think that the golf was too big and Dartford would just steamroll everyone and win the league. Um, didn't prove that way. They've obviously had their their wobble as well. But this is this is huge. I can't imagine they're going to be taking anything lightly. Maidstone though look like they've perhaps turned a corner, a little bit more confidence and um, and unity. That was one of their problems. Uh, maybe four or five weeks ago, seemed quite a, um, a, a fractured um, setup there. But everything seems to be back on track and. They're back in those playoff places into the top five, and they're going to be up there because most people expect Dartford to go there and get results. So, pressure's off, and Mainstone have got the, the certainly the individual talent capable of uh, of, of pulling off a, a result. I'm pretty sure.
0: Yes, absolutely. It should be a a really good game. And I look forward to hearing from you about uh, how much you enjoyed yourself uh, when you go along to that game uh, on Saturday. As you say, it should be an absolute crack all ticket game, that one. So if you are planning on just turning up, don't. Uh, But there's plenty of great football going on uh, around the place as well. There's one other thing I forgot to mention. Uh, when we were going through the fixtures uh, in the Isthmian League South East, because there is a lot going on this week. Uh, Corinthian against Hythe Town on Saturday. The uh, Corinthian are doing their own Christmas uh, incentive, I suppose, Christmas opportunity uh, for supporters. They are doing um, a Christmas gift donation. At last chance to drop these uh, presents off uh, at match on Saturday. They are donating presents to local children and hospitals uh, To help them out this Christmas, another good cause, completely different cause from what's going on at Chatham and Irith. Uh, But they are after new gifts, no cuddly toys, uh, unwrapped gifts to make sure they're given to the correct age. Uh, The ward where they are donating cases for babies all the way through to teens. Uh, All gifts are welcome. Um, Some of the people that they are particularly collecting for a two-year-old girls and boy, a four-year-old boy with special needs, five-year-old girls and boys, uh, and a nine-year-old boy who loves football, and an 11-year-old boy who loves football. So if you're going along to Covington against Higher on Saturday, uh, it would be great if you could take something along to uh, to show uh, your, your support for that as well. And every club is doing something over Christmas, really, really well done. Uh, very, very impressed. That's pretty much it then. We've gone through all of our leagues. Uh, we will just round up very quickly by talking about one of our favourite subjects, FA Cup TV picks, which have been announced uh, in the last half an hour, and you'll be surprised to know that Manchester United's home game against another Premier League team is on television, and none of the four non-league teams left in the cup are on television. Magic of the cup, eh? Um,
4: it's all about money, unfortunately. Jessie J sang that song, and uh, and and she was quite right, um, unfortunately. They have a a public service broadcasters and commercial broadcasters basically have to appeal to the most people possible. And as much as you and I might be interested in the fortunes of a non-league team, there are millions of Man United fans. And so they have to cater for them. I know it's not right. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. However, it makes the world go round, unfortunately. And so that's why there was a long running thing. I think Man United had something, a streak of 90 straight games at one point um, before a few years ago that were televised in the FA Cup. Um, the yeah. thing
0: is, is uh, the, 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 what annoys me a, a, about it is you've got two all Premier League ties on there. You've got West Ham against Leeds uh, as well being, has been chosen. I've got no issues at all with Swindon against Man City. Great time. Mill, Crystal Palace. I think that's good because it's a local derby. Hull against Everton. Great choice. Forest Arsenal. Great choice. But it's those two between teams who, and West Ham and Leeds actually play in the league the following week. You know, so, yeah. and it, West Ham and Leeds is, is, is a different kettle of fish. Now, I, the team I feel the most sorry for is Killerminster, who've got a, a championship side at home. Therefore, I mean, I can I can understand, as, as frustrating as it is for me to say this, but Boreham Wood against AFC Wimbledon isn't going to get loads of people in. It's a stinker of a tie for, for Boreham Wood <laughs> because, you know, they're at home to a team. If that had been in the first round, it probably would have been on, but not in the third round. And I understand that. I understand all those teams with, with Premier League, but... And I kind of understand Chesterfield away to Chelsea not being on the telly. Because, let's be honest, it would be a miracle if Chesterfield get a result there. But I want to see, It's not even about definitely seeing the non-league teams. But I want to see an upset. I don't want to see Manchester United play Aston Villa. I don't want to see West Ham against Leeds. I can watch that in the Premier League any week. I'd, I'd rather watch teams playing... I think that it should be... Every televised game in the third round has to be a lower league team at home to a higher division team. It doesn't matter what leagues they are, but I don't think there's any excuse for showing a game that's between two teams at the same level.
4: Yeah, I, I would say that there, there needs to be a framework to, to go to. So there is a, a, a trigger. So any non-league team that is at home to a team in the top two divisions has to be televised. I would agree with that. There should be some kind of a, a contract signed by all the broadcasters, whoever gets to pick. They have to choose. Those games and yeah, if there's more than one, they can choose between them. Whatever, that's fine. And maybe they have to put one popular game on just to keep their their commercial figures up or their uh, their, their audience engagement or whatever it is they they get judged on. Basically, I know that's why they put Man United on. And it's just yeah, it's it's incredibly annoying. And the same with the, the Chelsea. Chesterfield How many times have we seen down the years that that will be a four or five? Spurs have got more come as well. You'd like to think it'll be a four or five. 6-0 or nice day oh, out. No. <laughs> well, that's actually a good point. If they could put a team out, that's true. But um, yeah, it's it's the kind of it's the kind of games that, that aren't that interesting because you'll have a, a second string of the, the Premier League team and they'll still be too good for a, a lower league team. And it's a nice day for everyone involved with the club, yes, but in terms of actual spectacles, it's not necessarily the best. But as you say, Man United Villa incredibly dull. Um, it's, it would be fairly dull in the Premier League, to be honest, as well these days. So yeah, it's it's just because they can play the Stephen Gerrard angle and the, whoever the Man United manager is that day, the Ragnick <laughs> um And and there's it'll have a global audience of hundreds of millions because that's what happens with man united sadly
0: yes that is the case unfortunately but i, do, I, I think you're right there's some sort of framework that automatically that Kidderminster game should have been on the tv well thank you everybody for listening this week thank you alex for stepping in uh for matt i hope you've enjoyed yourself i have indeed stepping isn't quite hobbling is
4: the probably well, still the correct yeah. word for another couple more weeks but yes no, you're very welcome anytime you need
0: me no problem at all. And uh, yeah, thank you to all three of our guests for their time this week. It was a bit of a jigsaw puzzle trying to sort everybody out and get them all fitted in. But I did manage it in the end and I do appreciate their time. And, and I think all three of those interviews were really, really interesting listening. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You can find us on Twitter at KentNLPodcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as well. Search for Kent Only Podcast on Twitter. I'm at JohnPhipps81. Alex is at Alex Sports, And Matt, don't forget about Matt. He's at Matthew underscore Jared. Hopefully Matt will be feeling better. He might even have something to be really, really happy about come next week. Uh, and hopefully he'll be back in the chair next week. Now, I hope you've remembered, Alex, that at the end of the show, when I sign off, uh, Matt always says something witty. Uh, so I hope you've got something prepared. Because I'm just going to sign off now and say thank you, everybody, for listening uh, to this week's show. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Podcast.
3: Next slide, please.